Sure is good to be here today. Whoever's happy to be here, say amen. Amen. And thank you, Bell Choir. Y'all are wonderful. Our New Testament lesson comes from the book of Acts, the fifth chapter, beginning with the 17th verse. Then the high priest took action. He and all who were with him, that is, the sect of the Sadducees, being filled with jealousy, arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said, Go stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and went on with their teaching. When the high priest and those with him arrived, they called together the council and the whole body of the elders of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the temple police went there, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were perplexed about them, wondering what might be going on. Then someone arrived and announced, Look! The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the temple police and brought them, but without violence, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? From cowardice that dares not face new truth, from laziness content with half-truth, from arrogance that thinks it knows all truth. Good Lord, deliver us. Amen. The Gospels are full of moments when the disciples would be listening to Jesus and not really sure what he was saying. They couldn't quite put all the pieces together. One of those moments happened in Luke chapter 12 when Jesus looked at the disciples and promised them this. He said, when they bring you before the synagogues, the rulers, and the authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will, Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. They didn't exactly get it. Well, like, when are we going to be called before the authorities? What's going on? Well, here we are. 
in volume two of Luke's gospel, the book of Acts, and Jesus' promise is being fulfilled. God, the same God who raised Jesus from the dead, is alive and at work, surprising and baffling everyone. The book of Acts is full of these stories, like Easter stories, the risen Jesus, alive and working, surprising and moving and, and doing all kinds of things. The scripture this morning is so funny to me, it kind of feels a bit like a Keystone Cops kind of moment, right? Uh, like in one minute they're in jail, the angel lets them out, and the guards are like stumbling around trying to figure out what happened, uh, and the religious leaders are looking for them, and it's just absolute chaos, uh, amazing to me. Luke here, Acts mentions the elders of Israel, the religious leaders, and he has an interesting word literally in the Greek for them. He says they're like the Senate of Israel. So he's comparing the religious leaders to like the Roman Senate. It's sort of like me, if you wanted to like make a little jab at our church council, you might call them the church congress, right? Just a little, little jab. Uh, one commentator put it this way. He said, it's proof that one threatened politician or leader is just like any other. It does occur to me uh, that the book of Acts wants to suggest for us that maybe our calling as the church is to aggravate politicians and uh, government leaders, whoever they are. Like that might just be our job. I think I could be pretty good at that, actually. Um, anyway, the jail is empty, and then they turn up preaching in the temple again. And there's Peter, who turns out to be the biggest surprise of all. This is incredible preaching. The religious leaders, they look at Peter and say, we told you not to preach, and here you are in the middle of the temple preaching. And Peter responds, well, we must obey God rather than men. It is a mic drop kind of moment. He's calling out the religious elites. Hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing, obeying God first. Wow. Jesus' promise fulfilled. God, who raised Jesus from the dead, is alive and at work, and everyone is just surprised. These early chapters of, of Acts are really something because Peter is just on fire. He um, is there on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descends upon them, and Peter's the one who preaches the first sermon of the church. And then he discovers that he has these newfound powers, much like the power that Jesus had had to heal Peter is suddenly, in fact, the reason they throw them in jail in the first place is because people have found that Peter's shadow is capable of healing. All you had to do is like get in Peter's shadow and you would be healed. And uh, they're in jail and they keep on preaching, proclaiming the faith. What happened to Peter? What happened to Peter? Jennifer got to gave you the rundown. He'd stood there on Thursday night. Jesus had been arrested and Peter kept his distance. Three times, denied ever knowing him. And there's a special shame in it all for Peter because just a few hours before, Jesus had warned him it was going to happen. He warned him it was going to happen and still he just stood there 
silent, scared, shaky. What happened? What happened to Peter? You know what happened to Peter? Easter happened to Peter. He met the risen Jesus. He was encountered by the risen Lord. Easter becomes like a verb, like God Easter's in Peter's life. I love that. Maybe we should use Easter as a verb, like come Easter in my life. That's what happens. Peter gets Eastered. He is changed. He's transformed and empowered. And what I want to suggest for you this morning, friends, is that what God does in Peter's life is what God wants to do in your life and in my life and in the life of First United Methodist Church of Belmont. We're coming to the end of our sanctuary renovation. There are two things I need to say. First, Alex, I know Meriwether's not here, but Alex Bryant and Doug, if y'all would just stand up for a moment. These guys, I don't see, I think Alex may have, he's probably fixing something now. Um, Alex and Doug have been here every single day since December, sometimes into the night. I got a text message from them one night at 3.30 in the morning. They were down here fixing something. And uh, I just hope that you will offer a word of thanks to Alex, Meriwether, and Doug. I was going to joke, uh, if you see something that needs fixing, don't tell me, tell them. Um, there are some outstanding things. We're still waiting on the kneeling benches to come back. So don't worry, we're, we're working on all of those things. I don't know what you think, but to me, this has been a pretty incredible transformation. Uh, this space has always been holy to me uh, for personal reasons. Not long after we moved here, my daughter was baptized right down here. Uh, I got married on these steps. Not these steps. Those steps are under the concrete now. But um, my father's funeral was here in December. And this is a place whew, where I have been privileged to worship with you over the last eight years. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity in making all of this possible. And, make sure you're paying attention, I want to thank you for your ongoing and continued generosity. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> like everything, this has cost a little bit more than we had planned. We have a bit of ground to make up. But so somebody said to me the other day, they said, we, we're going to do it. I have no doubt that we can do that and then do more. Uh, I was thinking about this renovation and something that St. Augustine said once. In the opening pages of his monumental confessions, he said these words. He said, my soul is like a house, Lord, small for you to enter, but I pray you to enlarge it. It is in ruins, but I ask you to remake it. It contains much that you will not be pleased to see. This I know and do not hide. But who is to rid it of these things? There is no one but you. It's like Augustine is saying, confessing, my soul, my heart, my life, God, they need renovating. And you are the only one who can do it. We love to quote this line from Anne Lamont. She said, you, you invite God to do a little renovation in your life, and you think God's gonna, what? Um, like hang some drywall and put in new carpet and 
and you show up and then lo and behold uh, Jesus rolls in with a wrecking ball and he's like no 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 we're going back down to the foundations we got to start over here some of this is a little scary maybe to think about God renovating your life Augustine seems to think it is a good thing and I wonder if there are any of you here today for whom that is good news to hear like that God can renovate God can restore God can renew I think Peter would have been one of those people I think on that Thursday night he probably prayed a prayer like Augustine prayed like he put his head on his pillow and thought man he said I was gonna do it and I did and I don't know what happened and Lord my life needs a renovation my life is in ruins come Easter in me well friends that's what God offers to each of us it's what Peter proclaims before the religious leaders this morning did you hear him he said God exalted him at his right hand as leader and Savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins God the same God who raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work coming to offer us love and forgiveness that has the power to transform friends the good news of Easter is not simply that Jesus was raised from the dead but that Jesus was raised and he comes back to us he comes to us with forgiveness my favorite story well one of my favorite stories of Easter comes at the end of John's Gospel the disciples have gone back to Galilee they've gone back to fishing they heard Jesus was raised but they've had enough surprises they don't want anything to do with it they just want normalcy let's just go fishing and they're out there fishing and they're all, they have this incredible catch of fish and then they look over and they recognize Jesus standing on the shore Peter now remember Peter has not laid eyes on Jesus he jumps out of the boat swim he's got to get there he's got to find out what Jesus is gonna say have you ever been in that kind of moment right where you knew you were gonna come face to face with somebody and the only thing you could say if you said anything at all is I'm sorry and there's Jesus waiting on the shore by a fire the last time we saw Peter he was standing by that fire denying Jesus and there Peter is face to face with the Lord fire between them and he looks at Peter Jesus looks at Peter and three different times he asks him he says Peter do you love me and two times Peter says yes and the third time Jesus says Simon Peter do you love me and Peter at this point like the game is up and he says Lord you know me you know everything and I imagine just a, an incredible, like, Peter's like hanging there waiting. What's, what's he going to say? Like, he knows what I've done. He knows the mistakes. He knows my shortcomings, my failures. He knows. What's he going to say? And Jesus looks at Peter and says, follow me a lot happening here like the first thing is like the basic question of like will Jesus forgive Peter yes of course that's what Easter is 
And then there's the question of Peter. Like, will he accept a new relationship with Jesus? And this is a story not so much about Jesus changing his mind about Peter. The question is like, will Peter change his mind about himself? Will he, will he accept that he has been forgiven, that he is loved, that he is known, and that he has been called by the risen Jesus? The Lutheran pastor, Nadia, Nadia Boltz-Weber, writes about grace and forgiveness. And she says, we often think forgiveness is like, I'll make a mistake and God will forgive me. But it's not like that, right? It's not that God created flawed people so God could come along and say, okay, you messed up, but I'll be the good guy and I'll forgive you. It's more like this, she says. It's more like God looks at us and says, hey, I love you and I love the world too much to let sin and your mistakes define you and be the final word. I am a God who can make all things new. I am a God who can make all things new. Friends, this renovation is pretty incredible to me, but it pales in comparison. It is nothing compared to what God can do in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our world, if we give ourselves over and say, Lord, here is my heart. Here is my soul. We make, restore, renew me. Here, Lord, is our church. Renovate, not just our building, renovate our church. First United Methodist Church of Belmont, God has done incredible things among us. God can do incredible, surprising things among us. God will do incredible things, surprising things among us. And all of this, it's just a sign that we are ready. Lord, we're ready. Come, Easter among us.